are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. I cover your New York Giants for a variety of places. Follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trena, and you can keep up with all my work, ask questions, talk about uh, the Giants, whatever you want to talk about. I'm there, always open. So I'd uh, like to thank you again for a tremendous start to the month of April. I mean, we are way ahead of last month's numbers, and last month's numbers were certainly off the charts. So I do want to thank everybody who has uh, joined the Locked on Giants podcast family. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for listening, telling your friends about us. And if you haven't done so already, we would also appreciate any kind of feedback you get, um, like on iTunes, if you have an opportunity to provide some feedback, or you know, wh- wherever you get your podcast from, any kind of feedback is welcome, good or bad. Uh, So today we are going to do a a part two, kind of a part two of a a feature that I started a couple weeks ago, and that was the fact or fiction feature. That was a very popular feature. Uh, A lot of you folks wrote in and you said you loved the feature. So I thought I would do another one for this particular show. And I hope you enjoy this one as well. So let's jump right in. We're going to do nine fact or fiction statements and uh, we're going to divide them over the three segments of the show. And let's jump right in. And we're going to start off with fact or fiction. The Giants will trade up at number 17, will trade up their se- from 17, excuse me, to get a quarterback. I'm going to say fiction. I do not think the Giants are going to trade up to get a quarterback. Um, There are some good quarterbacks in this draft, don't get me wrong, but I don't think there is necessarily a guy there that warrants trading up. All right. So uh, if we go according to what's being reported, Kyler Murray is probably going to go off the board at number one to the Cardinals. Uh, There is a good chance that Drew Locke may go to Denver. If he is sitting there, Dwayne Haskins is probably going to fall down the board, could be in reach maybe for, for Miami. I don't know if he's, you know, where he stands on their board, but I just don't see the Giants trading assets to get a quarterback. If anything, I think they will stand pat. And if they're going to trade assets to get a quarterback, that will not happen until next year when um, there's a, there's a, a that the whole draft landscape is a little different in terms of the offerings and the options. Okay, next statement. The Giants are done making trades in the locker room for now. And by that, we mean veteran players already on the roster. I'm going to say fiction. I do not believe the Giants are done making trades. And a guy that I look at and wonder if he's not going to be on the trade block is cornerback Janoris Jenkins. You know, Dave Gettleman has gone and basically unloaded all but Jenkins's big bloated contract from the team. Now, here's the problem. The cornerback position in this draft class is not, you know, regarded as, you know, one of the strengths. I mean, there are some good players available, but if you're going to get a guy, you're going to have to get him early. 
The other thing, the other challenge is, is would the Giants go with a pair of youngsters, you know, with limited experience at their cornerback situation? Um, the last time I think the Giants did that, I want to say, I, I don't remember the exact year, but I want to say it was Will Allen and Will Peterson. They were both, if I'm not mistaken, um, I want to say they were both either taken the same year in the draft or maybe maybe like one guy had a little bit more experience than the other. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I know they were both relatively young uh, when they started together in, in the Giants defense backfield. So when we look at cornerback, Sam Beal is going to be one of the starters this year, barring injury or, or any kind of, you know, disaster. I mean, that's that's a given. Um, as far as what they would do regarding Jenkins to replace Jenkins, that's where I'm not so sure uh, there's an answer right now. So, you know, I think before they trade Jenkins, they obviously have to have a plan in mind to replace him. With that said, if they could get, you know, uh, a guy like, um, let me see, a guy like Rakyasin of Temple might be a guy to look at early in the second round. So it, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see because um, I do believe two out of the Giants' first three draft picks are going to be defensive players. And uh, I'll, I'll hold off on, you know, what I think they're going to do until we get to the next um, to, to the next segment where I have that question in the fact or fiction lineup. But um, I could see the Giants maybe, you know, again, if Rocky Sin is there in the top of the second round, maybe or, or maybe they even trade up to get him. Who knows? But uh, that would be a cornerback that I wouldn't mind seeing the Giants grabbing him in this draft. And if they can get him, line him up with Sam Beal. Yes, you're looking at, you know, some experience in that defensive backfield but you also have to remember that they have Antoine Bethea who is back there now I know he's a safety but he's also a guy who has been in James Betcher's system he's an experienced defensive back he's a guy who could probably get all the defensive backs you know lined up and you know direct traffic back there and I think that's one of the reasons why they went for a guy like that because he is familiar with Betcher system and he is fully capable of getting guys lined up as well as you know making a few plays on his own so I could see a trade involving Janoris Jenkins I don't know that it will happen but I would not rule it out if I'm you know taking a guess here okay next factor fiction the Giants will pick a defensive lineman at the sixth overall spot I'm going to say fact this is a very deep class for defensive linemen and pass rushers. And if you look at how the Giants are set up, they did not last year have much consistent success stopping the run. They also did not have a whole lot of success collapsing the pocket up front. So with that said, if I'm the Giants and I have similar grades on, say, for example, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, uh, a quarterback, and it comes down to need, I'm going with defensive lineman, and I'm not thinking twice about it. I think that's where it all starts. You know, Dave Gettleman talks about the hog mollies. He talks about winning the battle up front. And how many times last year did we see the Giants lose that battle up front because, you know, they were either 
uh, out of position or they didn't have the right personnel in there or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think that's going to be something the Giants are going to look to address. And I would not be shocked if they go defensive lineman in the, with the number six overall pick in this draft. You're listening to Locked on Giants. It's a fact or fiction show. So stay with us. We'll have more fact or fiction coming up. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. You're with Patricia Trainer, and we're doing a fact or fiction show today. We have a total of nine fact or fiction statements. We did three in the first segment, and we're going to do another three in this segment. So let's continue. The New York Jets selection is the key to the first six picks. Okay, for those who aren't aware of the draft order, the Jets have the third pick in the draft. All right, so it's Arizona, San Francisco, the Jets, then followed by Oakland, Tampa Bay, and the Giants. And I'm going to say this statement is going to be fact. And the reason why I say that is because I'm working on a a round one mock draft, my first attempt in several years at this type of draft. And I'm about 20 picks in on this on developing this draft, which, by the way, I think I'm going to put on Forbes for those of you who are, who are wondering where you can find it. Anyway, um, the way I have it shaping up right now is I have Kyler Murray going to Arizona, Nick Boza going to the 49ers, and then come the Jets. Now, the Jets can go one of several ways. They can either trade down. And if they trade down, that's going to be obviously for a team that that is probably going to want a quarterback or maybe even an offensive tackle or, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, well, not not so much an edge rusher because, you know, the Jets need an edge rusher too. But if they trade down, you're thinking a team that could want a position maybe not in alignment with what the Giants are looking for. So if they trade down, that's going to be a big, you know, help for the Giants. But if they stay put, who would they go for? And spoiler alert, in my mock draft, I have them going with edge rusher Josh Allen out of Kentucky. And the reason why I'm picking uh, Josh Allen for the Jets is because Anthony Barr from the Vikings stood the Jets up. And had a you know the change of heart in free agency. He was going to sign with the Jets, and then he changed his mind. So, if Josh Allen is sitting there, I would not be stunned if if he's the Jets' pick at number three. Now, there is also a possibility that they could go you know Rashawn Gary, or they could go Quinn and Williams. They could go Devin White. There's any number of you know defensive players that I think they're going to that that they could obviously go. But I. My best guess, you know, and I don't follow the Jets, obviously, as you guys know, but my best guess is that the Jets will probably look at Josh Allen at that number three pick. And if that happens, that's going to make picks four and five very interesting because, you know, you have the Raiders, like I said, picking four and the Bucks picking five. And I think both of those teams are going to go with defensive players. The one I'm not so sure about is the Raiders and you know, I don't want to give away, you know, the entire, you know, what I wrote because it will come out, but I could see the Raiders going with defense, either edge or defensive interior, and I can see the Bucks maybe going with linebacker because of their loss of Quan Alexander to the 49ers. So if 
let's just put it to you this way, folks. If my mock draft, the first five picks, works out the way I have it written, the Giants are going to be in great shape for uh, the number six pick. And I'm going to tell you, actually, in segment three, I'm going to tell you who I think the Giants are going to pick. So just hang with me and, and we will get to that. Okay, uh, next factor fiction. The Giants will go offense at number 17. I think that's fact. I think that's going to be fact. You know, I think they will go defense at number six and offense at number 17. And I, But I don't think number 17 is going to be a quarterback. I think it's going to be an offensive tackle. This is a good offensive tackle class. And if there is a run on defensive players in the first like 10 to 12 picks of the draft, which I believe there will be, then you're going to see some good offensive tackles fall down the board and be within reach. So, um, you know, even though I'm not so sure the Giants will trade up to get one of them, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that happens because uh, if a good offensive tackle falls and, and he's within, you know, shooting distance and the Giants need to move up a couple spots to get him, I'm curious to see if they will do it. Um, I don't think they will. You know, like I, you know, I, I know I talked about trading up in, uh, in the first segment, but that was for a quarterback. You know, but I did not say that I don't think the Giants would trade up at all to get a player. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. All right, next question. Uh, Evan Ingram, tight end Evan Ingram, will lead the Giants in receiving yards in 2019. I'm going to say fact. Okay, with Odell Beckham Jr. gone, you know, I keep talking about the need to replace the production that, you know, Beckham was capable of delivering. It's going to be a group effort. There's no question about that. But I think leading that group is going to be Evan Ingram, not necessarily Saquon Barkley. I think Barkley's going to be up there amongst uh, receiving yardage leaders on the team, but I don't think that he's necessarily going to be the receiving yard leader. I think if Ingram is healthy and, you know, we all saw what he could do at the end of last year and how he absolutely thrived without Beckham in the lineup, you know, we also saw that the year before when Beckham went down with that season-ending injury, how, how Ingram thrived. So I could see Ingram becoming, you know, a centerpiece in that passing offense. And I could definitely see him leading the team in receiving yards in 2019. You're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. It's a fact or fiction uh, show. We will be back after these messages with our final fact or fiction statements. So stay with us. Welcome back to segment three of Locked on Giants. We are doing a fact or fiction show and we have about three more uh, bullet points to go through. So let's get right to it. And uh, this next one, fact or fiction, the Giants are set at center. Okay, this is an interesting question because the Giants uh, signed Spencer Pulley to a two-year deal, so it looks like he's definitely going to be in the mix. And he has a higher uh, pay rate than John Halapio, who was signed as a he was signed to a uh, exclusive rights tender. So it's a lot lower. Um, I think the reason for that is because Halapio was. Um, uh, coming off of the ankle surgery. And while he is making progress, 
I happen to think the Giants might be looking to protect themselves just in case, you know, he's not ready for training camp. And P.S., he's supposed to be ready for training camp. So, you know, obviously everybody is optimistic. Um, regarding Pulley, I, I found it interesting that it was a two-year deal. I would think that probably means that somewhere down the line, maybe they might look to upgrade and they're... There is a good prospect in this draft that I keep coming back to when I start to do a full seven-round Giants mock draft. And this kid's name is Garrett Bradbury. And uh, Bradbury uh, is out of North Carolina State. He's a senior. And I just keep going back to, you know, the Valley boards, the big boards that I've studied, even some of the film I've looked at. And I just can't help but wonder if this kid is sitting there in the second round, if the Giants don't, you know, jump up and and, and grab him. Um, you know, look, it, it's all about value. And I'm not so sure that Spencer Pulley and John Halapio are necessarily the long-term answers at center. I know Pat Shermer likes both of them. Obviously, the Giants thought enough to Pulley to give him a two-year deal. But if you're t looking at a long-term solution, I'm just wondering if it makes sense for the Giants to, if they can, that is, grab a Garrett Bradbury out of uh, North Carolina State, let him sit for a year behind Halapio and, and, uh, and Spencer Pulley, and then maybe look to get him into the starting lineup you know, the following year, or, or maybe even, you know, turn this kid into a center guard. I mean, he's listed as a center. So, um, uh, you know, on, on the draft board. So I don't know how much experience he has playing guard, but I could see a prospect like that kind of sneaking into the second round uh, consideration for the Giants. So I, I'm curious to see if they agree. All right, next question. Now, this kind of ties into what I've been teasing to in the first couple of segments. Giants will select defensive tackle Quinnen Williams at number six if he is there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if Quinnen Williams is the is there, I don't see how you pass up on him. I mean, if he's there if, and I'm the Giants, I run that card up to the commissioner. All right. Now, the question is, will he be there? And as I said in the in the uh, the last segment, I talked a little bit about the mock draft, the for, you know the round one mock draft that I'm working on for Forbes. I have a scenario in which he will be there. Now, whether or not it's a realistic scenario, I'll leave that up to you guys to judge and give me feedback on it when that that mock draft drops. But there is a scenario I could see in which the Giants will have a shot at getting Quinnen Williams out of Alabama. And uh, if they get this kid, I'm going to be thrilled. I mean, this is a guy I really, really like for this defense. You know, again, it's a deep class. So, you know, there's going to be other options. But this is a guy that if he's there, I really hope they grab him. All right. And finally, the Giants will draft an offensive tackle regardless of what happens with free agent Mike Remmers. Now I mentioned in the last segment that I did believe that I believe that at number seventeen the Giants were going to go offense, and I said that there was a very good possibility that that player would be an offensive tackle. So you know the natural thing is is well, what happens if Mike Remmers, who you know came in to visit with the Giants, um, you know is still out there? He's not signed as again as I record this show. 
Uh, he is not signed. So what happens if he signs with the Giants? Do the Giants go and spend number 17 on Remmers? Uh, I'm sorry, on an offensive tackle. Absolutely. I think it makes a lot of sense for a couple reasons. Number one, Remmers, who, by the way, um, he had a minor offseason uh, back surgery. So I believe the reason why he isn't signed anywhere yet is because, you know, he still needs to be able to pass the physical. But um, once he does sign, I can't imagine he's going to get like a four or five year deal. I think he'll probably get a shorter term deal, maybe one or two years, maybe three years tops. In the meantime, if you can grab an offensive tackle at number 17 and get him ready, you know, let him be your third guy. Now, you know, with Nate Solder up there in age, he's past 30. You know, if you sign Remmers to be your right tackle, he's going to be over 30. Uh, You can get this next kid ready to play and step in and you don't have to worry about now having to go through the, you know, the, the task of having to find a, a veteran offensive tackle who are, you know, a position that's expensive, by the way. So, you know, you want to prepare and you want to start grooming guys to step in and replace guys that, you know, are, that, that are getting up there in age or who you might be moving on from due to salary cap reasons and whatnot. And so I think, yeah, it absolutely makes sense for the Giants to, to draft an offensive tackle early if they can, regardless of what happens with Mike Remmers. And if they don't get Mike Remmers, then, you know, you draft a kid who's a plug and play, you know, somebody who you could throw in there. And that wouldn't necessarily, in my opinion, be the, the worst thing in the world. I say that because you would be putting that, um, that offensive tackle, that rookie offensive tackle next to uh, Kevin Zeitler at left guard. I'm sorry, at right guard. And just as we saw last year with Nate Solder and Will Hernandez, how Nate Solder kind of helped Will Hernandez come along until he got his feet underneath him, I could see a scenario where Zeitler, who's a very good player, is going to you know be in a position to maybe do the same for a rookie if they go that route. So I really think the Giants are in a win-win situation as far as the offensive line goes. Um, again, if they can get Remmers, who you know a couple of years ago played offensive tackle for the Vikings and was pretty good at it, then great. If they end up getting a, a rookie and they have to bring him along and put him next to you know like like I said, put him next to Zeitler. That's not a bad option either. The point is, is the Giants need to start getting that offensive line solidified. They can't keep swapping players in and out every year or rebuilding that line every year. And I think that's ultimately the goal of Dave Gettleman. And I could see, you know, where a a youngster would help solidify that to where, you know, they should be set for at least a couple of years, maybe, maybe three years. And that would be really a good way to welcome in Eli Manning's eventual uh, successor at quarterback. So that's how I see that playing out. All right, Giant fans, as always, appreciate you listening. Make sure you tune in the rest of the week. I'm going to have Chris Biziano from Giant Insider. We're going to start looking at the the best options for the Giants in these, you know, each round of the draft. We're going to kind of do a mock draft, but not a true mock draft in, in the true sense of the word. So that is coming. Um, lots of stuff coming up. Dave Gettleman is going to have his draft press conference preview on uh, April 18th, I believe it is. Yeah, April 18th. So I'll have coverage and reaction on that. Just so much coming up. Appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.